And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the east end of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments. Now, wrap it up, fans. What is really good? How is everybody doing? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that everyone's feeling pretty good as the Raptors get their first ever sweep in franchise history and they do it in a big way. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you to everyone that is tuning in. However you so choose to do so, whether you are watching this live stream on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook or on YouTube, we really appreciate you rocking out with us here as we do after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Again, Toronto Raptors are big, big winners. 150 to 122. I'm going to repeat that again. And I'm going to do that as I turn down the music. Just so that you hear it with a little extra bass in my voice. 150 to 122. That is what they call a whoop-ass. <laughs> okay. 150 to 122. And the crazy part is... The Raptors bench put up 100 points. What? Does this even sound like real life? Does this even sound like... like That That doesn't sound like a real score. The Raptors bench putting up 100 points? That's insane. Completely and utterly insane. But this is the world we live in now. In which your Toronto Raptors are the defending NBA champs. They're not ones to be played with. They're not ones to be messed with. And especially, you better come with a better squad than the backup, backup, backups on the Brooklyn Nets. Because that ain't going to cut it. And they got slapped up regardless of who was in the lineup, who was not in the lineup for the Toronto Raptors. It just, you know, the only people you probably feel worse for than the, the Brooklyn Nets right now are the Clippers and Reggie Jackson and Paul and Playoff P. Or I guess Twitter's calling them Pandemic P right now. Which I think is a little over the line, considering what's going on here. But, I digress. Big win for the Toronto Raptors. As mentioned, 150-122 to as they earn the first ever sweep in Toronto Raptors franchise history. And will now move on to face the Boston Celtics in the second round of the NBA playoffs. This series for the Toronto Raptors was really big. It was really big. I just think going against a team like the Nets, where you know, obviously they're undermanned, there could be a situation where if you're the Raptors, you fall into a lot of traps where you play in a poor style of play, or let's say, you know, you build a, a little bit of bad habits, but no, the Raptors took care of business and they win the, the sweep, which is what everyone wanted. And hey, I never run away from from the smoke of what I said. I thought the Raps would win in five. I thought there'd just be one game where the Nets shoot the lights out. And in that game, when it happened in game two, the Raps, credit to them, they took the punch and they just continued to, to ball out. And there was no chance had by the Brooklyn Nets 
in this series at all. They just, they had no no chance. As you see here, when the Raptors bench, if they played the full game with the Raptors bench, chances are we'd be talking about the bench winning this game, right? If you're talking about the bench coming up with 100 points, that doesn't happen in the NBA, much less happen in the NBA playoffs. So credit where credit is due to the Toronto Raptors for being victorious and just taking care of business in a very tough and difficult situation. Because let's be honest here. Yes, it's the Nets, but if you're grading this on a scale in terms of how difficult could the Raptors possibly make this, well, Fred Van Fleet, seven minutes in, finds himself in foul trouble. As he had seven, seven minutes in, pardon me, three fouls, had to go to the bench. Soon after that, this is big, Kyle Lowry goes down as he stepped on the defender's foot. He goes down in a heap, tried to give it a go because we know it's Kyle Lowry and he's super tough. And came back into the game, but immediately checked himself out, went to the locker room, and then shortly after went to the building from Raptors PR. They said Rap uh, Kyle Lowry has left the field house for a diagnostic imaging elsewhere on the NBA campus. That equipment is not available at this facility. Updates will be provided when available. So, of course, as we continue this show, we will talk for sure and try to keep an update on the Toronto Raptors and Kyle Lowry's uh, injury just because clearly that's the biggest news coming out of this game obviously you get the sweep which is cool you have the Boston Celtics on deck you want Kyle Lowry to be healthy and they talked about it a bit during the broadcast and it's true everything we know of Kyle Lowry if he's able to walk he's gonna try to give it a go and play he's not gonna leave this team and and you know kind of be in a situation where he's like no we know Kyle Lowry's toughness at this point. We know what he means to this team, how he takes on being a leader of this team. If he can play, you know that he's going to play. So just sending all the positive vibes down to the bubble and hopefully Kyle Lowry is okay. In the meantime, though, as we've seen throughout this entire season from the Toronto Raptors, it's next man up mentality. Kyle Lowry goes down and Norm checks in and the Raps just keep rolling. And this is big. I know you're playing against the Nets. And the reason why I keep bringing that up is because as I was warning people from the past game, business is about to pick up. So take these Nets games for what they are. The whooping that you laid out. Appreciate it. Love it. Enjoy it, Raptors fans. I emphasize that because, hey, I don't want to hear nothing about the Nets were boring or the Nets are trash or whatever. Listen, Toronto Raptors, hey, won a championship last year amazing we all enjoyed that ride but it wasn't that long ago that the Raptors as an organization was on the other end of this where they would be thankful just happy for any type of playoff win so enjoy this if you're in a situation where you're telling me you're coming out in playoff games and laying a buck 50 on teams enjoy that be happy with that take pride in that enjoy every last bucket soak that up toast to all the Raptors fans that have been here before cheering for teams as they got swept against the Washington Wizards and I always bring up the most annoying shot of that the Wizards fans with the brooms sweeping their their shoulders off Paul Pierce saying the Raptors don't have it all that trash that's still in my memory now, the championship obviously lessens that blow, makes me feel a lot better about those moments, but I didn't forget those moments. So as of right now, I'm enjoying the fact that you get to watch 
playoff whoopings being laid out by the Toronto Raptors. And as I always say, even in the whoopings, there's positive things that you can take going forward as you look you look to see what's coming down the line for the Toronto Raptors. And what's coming down the line is the Boston Celtics, which we'll get to. Promise at the end of this pod, as we go through this game, we'll, we'll spend the majority of the time talking about what's up next in terms of the Boston Celtics. So send in your comments and questions. All the people that are watching this live, whether you on, are on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, I will try to read comments from each and every one of those places. And the question that I am asking you is what do you think about the next series in terms of how will this series play out against the Celtics? What do you think? Is it wraps in six, wraps in seven? Do you think they're in trouble? Are you worried? Just let me know your feelings when I say round two, Raptors Celtics. But before we get there, let's talk about the good things that happened in this game. Next man up, we've seen it all year long. And this game was no different as Norman Powell, who, you know, we got to give Norm a lot of credit here because things weren't going that great for Norman Powell early on in the bubble, whether you're talking about the the restart games. Norm kind of was hit or miss. He was up and down, didn't really get off to a good start. Then in game one of this series, Norm only had six points. And if you remember, the end of game one, in the second half, when the bench minutes got rolled out, Nurse actually turned to Terrence Davis, who gave them more of a spark than Norm was providing in that game. Well, since game one, coming into this, Norm was averaging 17.5 points per game, right? Going from six to averaging 17.5 points per game and shooting 60% from the floor. That's massive. Also, the thing that's a key, because the stats are fine, right? To say Norm is putting up 17.5 points per game, cool, Raps will take that. But the eye tests and how he's doing it is so much more important. Of course, for him to be shooting 60%, that tells you he's getting easy baskets and he's being active. And the way that he was cutting to the basket, I mean, in this game alone, my guy had at least three court cuts, right? Where he's throwing it down hard. Poor Karutz probably got baptized like four times in this series at least. At least maybe even three times from Norm alone. But Norm, since that game one, was averaging 10 points per game in the paint, that's the energy the Raptors need. Norm cutting to the basket, the offense flowing, everyone, the ball movement, back-to-back -back games, the Raptors have set an assist record in terms for playoffs. Like, that's what you want to see. And that's the good part of, hey, taking advantage of the situation against the Nets. You don't fall in the bad habits. You try to build and, and build on good habits. And we saw that from Norman Powell. Again, since game one, 17.5 points per game, shooting 60% from the floor. And tonight, Norm just went beast mode again. Huge game for Norman Powell as he and Serge really, you know, if you mention the bench having 100 points, well, 29 of those points came from uh, Norm. 27 of them came from Serge. That's... When you're getting that production from those two guys off the bench, that's basically your rotation, right? You got the starters, and then you got those two dudes. And when you're getting that level of production from those guys off the bench, especially when Kyle's down, so you need that guard play, you take that. Norman Powell with 29 points in this game on 9 of 14 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3. Again, high efficiency from Norm. I see people already plugging in saying playoff P. The real playoff P is Norm Powell. 
poor Paul George. I don't even have to slander Paul George because he's getting it enough from the entire internet. But hey, I'm mad at Raptors fans for calling Norm and, and showing out on RIP Mamba Day as today's Kobe or what would have been Kobe's birthday. And we know how important Kobe was to Norm. 29 points, 9 of 14 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3. Five rebounds for Norm. Add in two steals and a block just because. Just showing how active he was. But that's what you want to see from Norman Powell. That energy, that, you know, the rhythm that he gets when he's playing within the offense and taking it to the cup or back cutting and getting nice passes from Gasol or whoever. That's the Norman Powell you want to see. Then when he steps out and takes that jumper in rhythm, we know he's a good shooter. The confidence. This is where you want to see Norman Powell because you're going to need his scoring in the next series against the Celtics. We'll get there. We'll get there. Also, as we continue to big up the bench, Serge Ibaka, another massive game. 27 points for Serge, 15 rebounds, and two blocks. Serge was massive in this game. And, you know, give the Nets a little bit of credit because they came out and they gave effort. I know it sounds... I, I always say this because there could be someone tuning in for the first time. So I always say this and it sounds weird to commend people for coming out with effort in the NBA when you're paid to give effort. But the Nets have every reason to be in one, two, three Cancun mode. And they came out to start this game just shooting the lights out between Tyler Johnson and Karis Levert. They both came out with 11 points mad early each. And they at least came out and said, hey, if we're going to go down, we're going down shooting and emptying the clip. And Karis LeVert put up big numbers, but that's what at least kept the game close. The Raps were only up seven after one. And then Serge Ibaka in that second quarter, just he took over. Serge just, you know, 16 points or sorry, 19 Serge had at the break. But the key to me was the fact that Serge came in with energy. And when he's he's playing that energetic, when he gives Serge a little bit of touches and he's feeling good, you see these things happen a lot where Serge started out 7 for 7 from the floor and in fact was 9 of 10 to start the game. 15 points in the second quarter, finished the first half with 19 and 9 overall. Serge bringing that type of energy is always a positive sign for the Raptors and they hope for that kind of consistency going forward because... When we get to the Celtics, we'll talk about this, but Serge and Marcus Gasol are going to be huge factors for the Toronto Raptors if they are indeed to win the series against Boston. So it's a great sign again to take advantage of this situation where you're playing against the Nets, but there are things that you can build on. And Serge Ibaka putting in work is one of those things. Serge, massive game. Those are those are the monster numbers you, you love to see from Serge. You know you're not going to get that every night, but when you do get it, you take it, 27 and 15. And a lot of that was just Serge being a big body in the paint, using his size, crashing the glass. A lot of those were just layups. He finished 12 for 14. And while my guy's feeling that good, 12 for 14, when he steps out to take those threes, we don't mind it nearly as much. And he still goes three for three from there as well. Massive game for Serge, massive game for Norm. And the Raps needed it. Again, no Kyle, who only played nine minutes in the game. Fred Van Fleet only played 19 minutes in the game. So you needed to get the scoring from somewhere else. And Serge and Norm led the way. Pascal was all right. 
Right. Pascal was all right, but I'm going to give him a bit of a pass here. 20 points for Pascal on 9 of 22 shooting, 1 of 7 from 3. We don't like the shooting numbers from Pascal. I'm with you guys there. I know everyone's kind of, I don't want to say everyone's kind of worried about Pascal, but Pascal, people are kind of watching him, you know, kind of like, ooh, what's, what's he feeling like? How's his mood heading into these playoffs? Because it hasn't really been all there. He's been okay. But the reason I'm going to give him a bit of a pass here is because with Fred in foul trouble and Kyle not in the game, the point guard duties really fell onto Pascal Siakam. And for him to, we know he has that ability, but for him to step up in that moment and take over all the playmaking duties and finish with 10 assists to lead the team, that's massive. That is massive. And it's another example of what we talk about as to why this Raptors team had so much success last year and then carried over into this year. It's because even if you're not shooting well, can you find other ways to impact winning basketball? And when you look at this Raptors team, Pascal's just showing it again. Okay, his shot wasn't really falling, but he knows that he has to get to 20 points without Kyle and Fred. He knows he has to get there. So sometimes you kind of look past the shooting percentage, right? But he also had to create, and he did a masterful job of that. Again, finishing with 10 assists. So huge shouts to Pascal, huge shouts to Norm and Serge on a massive night, and huge shouts to the Raptors bench. Again, we can't just gloss over the fact you finish with 100 bench points in a playoff game. We, we, we talked about the theme earlier on about you don't got to get ready when you stay ready. I think the thing that we've learned is this Raptors bench stays ready. And that's going to be really key because what happens in tough playoff series in terms of what the Raptors are going to be going up against very shortly is it's going to be a tough series. And there could be a time where the offense kind of stale. So Nick Nurse might have to turn to, you know, Terrence Davis to get just a spark, just to get some more energy. He might have to go to Norm early on earlier than he would like to just to get some more energy heck we don't even know what's wrong with kyle so you don't know how big your bench can be but all we've seen so far all season long and it's continued into the bubble is that for this raptors team the next man up mentality is just incredible and when that happens you're just giving your your team a chance to win and the reason why that's so important is because for the toronto raptors the the depth that's another advantage that they have over the Boston Celtics. And, you know, there's really not much to talk about over this Nets game. I'll just give the Nets a salute and a, you know, job well done for at least good job, good effort, Brooklyn Nets. I mean, what more could you really expect from them in this situation where they're missing based almost their whole rotation? So good job to the Nets. They tried, <laughs> right? Not much more than that. At least they can walk out of the bubble. Karis LeVert can walk out of that bubble and say that he put in work 35 points in his last game. He tried. He tried. But let's move on to what I know you guys are itching to talk about, which is the second round matchup against the Boston Celtics. And this reminds me a little bit of last season in terms of the same principles where last year... Going into that second round matchup against the Sixers, we here on the Wrap It Up pod talked about how this would be potentially the most difficult matchup for the Raps against the Sixers just because of the way of style of play, the different lineups they were able to put out there, and the matchups. 
when I look at this Celtics team, and it's the second round again, you're looking at kind of the same scenario if you ask me. The Boston Celtics will be the toughest matchup that the Raptors will have if they are indeed to advance again to the NBA Finals. The Celtics and Raptors kind of are a similar looking team in terms of, you know, that new age, I guess we credit Golden State with it, the ability to play small ball and five out on the perimeter, and it's a lot of space and pace, you know, but when you talk about their perimeter guys, Kemba Walker was an all-star, Jason Tatum was an all-star, then you add in, they still got Jalen Brown, and the Raps are catching a pretty good break or a decent break, and you, you don't like to talk about people getting injured in terms of, you know, being a good thing for the other team, but being honest the Raptors catch a bit of a break with the injury to Gordon Hayward and chances are he won't play in the second round series um for him to even have a chance I think the start of this series would have to be a little later on and it would probably have to go to seven and who knows do you want to bring him if he's kind of hobbled that's that's a tough one but either way with or without Gordon Hayward the Celtics are a problem like let's let's you know the net series is behind. Everyone had a good run. Freddie looked great. Kyle had moments where he looked great. Pascal was kind of up and down. We saw Norman Surge have great games. But now, as I've been saying, business is about to pick up. And if we think about it, this will be the first ever playoff matchup between the Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics in the franchise history. Raptors, if you remember, are 11-1 in the bubble, and that lone loss was a blowout loss to the Boston Celtics. And there's a lot of people, a lot of different ways people will take that loss. A lot of people thought maybe if you're the Raps, you're not showing your, your full deck of cards. You want to save something in the tuck. You know, not going to show your defenses or who's going to guard who. Save a lot of that stuff. But the game that we watched, the Celtics rolled. They won easily. It was a blowout win against the Raps. How much do we take from that? To me, to me, I think there's something to say about um, just knowing, knowing what works, right? There's something, it's never a bad thing to play well against the team that you're going to face in the playoffs. It can't be a bad thing, right? I'll say that much. If we go back into the regular season and the Celtics won what, three of the four games against the Raptors this season? And for being honest, if we go back, we know the Raptors' whole season was injury-plagued. So there wasn't a moment in any of those games where the Raptors had their full team. Now, the Celtics dealt with injuries as well, but they weren't dealing with the same type of injuries that the Raptors were at this time. And some of those games were just flat-out ugly. You give the Raptors credit for the bounce back win they had just after Christmas because the Christmas Day game, the Celtics walked into Scotiabank Arena and just embarrassed the Raptors. But the Raptors came back a couple days later, went into Boston, and took care of business. So it's tough. It's tough overall to just read a lot into this season because, hey, guess what? <laughs> There's five months in between <laughs> when those games happened to right now. There's a whole pandemic that happened in between when those games happened and right now. You don't know really where everyone is physically or mentally in terms of in their normal basketball routines. So it's tough to gauge. All we can really go on is how both these teams are playing right now 
and both these teams look really good. The Raptors took care of business against the Nets, and the Celtics took care of business against the Sixers. And I know that the Sixers are obviously a way better team than the Nets, but the Sixers are a mess, right? Like, the Celtics took care of business for sure, but the Sixers aren't the same Sixers that Sixers fans would have been hoping to see. My guy Webby would have been hoping to see, or even just basketball fans maybe hoping for a good series. Sixers are an absolute mess, but credit where credit's due, the Celtics, they dominated them. They took care of business. Even games that you would think they probably should have lost that were close in the balance, the Celtics still managed a way to, to come up with the victory. And you got to give them a lot of credit for that. But how do they match up against the Toronto Raptors? That is the key. That's what everyone wants to know. And to me, to, some, there's, there's a few things that matter a lot. There's a few things that matter a lot, okay? To me, the first thing, the key to this series is the backcourt matchup, which is Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry against Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's obviously going to get the start now as Gordon Hayward is out. But this might actually kind of be a blessing for the Celtics. Of course, you would want Hayward in the lineup, but you might see Marcus Smart getting a lot of minutes anyways because he is an all-defensive team player in the NBA, right? He has that credential on his resume, making an all-defensive team, right? So if the Celtics have him out there, you could see where Brad Stevens would be in a position where he just says, hey, I'm going to put Marcus Smart out there, and I'm going to put him on Kyle or Fred, whichever one, and just be a pest, right? Just be a pest. Don't worry about scoring. Don't worry about anything else. Just be a pest. And if you think of that matchup, the Raptors, Freddie and Kyle, were huge in this net series, but also huge throughout the season in terms of, because one of my biggest questions was, could they last the whole season with that small backcourt? I wasn't really sure, but they showed that they could. But now you get into the next season, and the Smart and Kemba backcourt, obviously size-wise, isn't going to be the problem against the 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 Raptors backcourt, right? Size isn't going to be the issue because those guys are pretty much the same size. But Smart is an all-defensive guy and Kemba gets busy. So one of those guys, Kyle or Fred, are going to be tired trying to chase around Kemba Walker. Can you still get buckets at the same time? Can Kemba guard one of those guys and still get buckets at the same time? And how much of a pest is Marcus Smart going to be? It's like a battle of the pests and the floppers between Kyle Lowry and Marcus Smart. That's going to be really funny to watch those two go at it, if that is indeed the matchup. But you will see a bunch of that, and that will be funny to see how those two guys go at it. So hopes that Kyle Lowry is healthy, because if he's hobbled in going against Marcus Smart, that's not a position the Raptors want to be in. And the reason why point guard play and backcourt play is going to be huge for the Toronto Raptors is... During the regular season, in the four matchups, the Boston Celtics averaged 25.8 points per game off turnovers in the four games against the Raptors. 25.8, pretty much 26 points per game off turnovers. That's why this matchup of the Raptors' backcourt is going to be so huge. Fred and Kyle got to be able to take care of the basketball because the Boston Celtics, much like the Nets, but obviously a supersized version, they want to get out and run. 
And do you want to get into a battle with the Nets? Because it's going to be, or with the Celtics, pardon me. Do you want to get into this battle with them where you're running up and down and playing that full court game? Who has the better scoring perimeter guys? If you're talking Kemba, Tatum, and Jalen Brown, or Kyle, Fred, Pascal, and OG. Like, it's interesting. But how can the Raptors take care of the ball with their backcourt? That's going to be the key. Because you're you're talking about two great defensive teams, right? In terms of defensive rating, the Raptors are second in the league during the season, and the Celtics were fourth. So two really good defensive teams. This is going to be a great series. And I know some people might not know enough or might not, you know, have watched enough Celtics games throughout the year. And also, too, the Celtics were dealing with a lot of injuries. Kemba was in and out of the lineup. So they haven't even really played as much as they would have liked to with their full squad. But I'm telling you, if Kemba is healthy, the Celtics are a problem. Like, this is going to be a really, really, really tough series for the Toronto Raptors. So, as mentioned, that first matchup is the thing that I'm keyed in on in terms of Kyle and Fred versus Kemba and Marcus Smart. The second matchup is going to be pretty obvious to me, Tatum and Brown versus Siakam and OG. Now, there's been a bunch of back and forth, I think, between Raptors fans and NBA Twitter about... You know, Tatum getting a lot more gas than Pascal gets in terms of national respect and who's better, who's a better young guy to build around and all that stuff. Well, hey, we get to see the matchup. That's the beauty of the NBA playoffs, right? You are now going to get to see. This is the big boy matchups that we crave all season long where we talk about Max players, who's not a max player, who's a number one, who's not a number one. Well, these are the moments that it comes down to. It's playoff times, it's playoff battles. And as much as the Raptors are a great team, and a lot of their success has been based on their great team, sometimes the playoffs just comes down to my best player versus your best player. So this matchup of Tatum and Brown versus Siakam and OG is going to be huge. Can Pascal Siakam be that guy? That's a question that Raptors fans have been waiting for all season long. And he's had a really good season, right? He took another step. He made his first all-star game. He had flashes. He had massive games this season where he put the team on his back. He's shooting the three way more comfortably. His game is developed. He still plays high-level defense. But if there's a knock, some might say, if you look at the big boy matchups this season, has Pascal's offensive production been where you want it to be i'm not going to say bad i'm not saying bad i'm just saying has it been where you wanted it to be and now we get hopefully you know at least six or seven games where it's him versus tatum let's go and it's going to be a great matchup because the the beauty of it is even if you say that jason tatum is a better offensive player than siakam like his offensive game is further along than Pascal Siakam's, you still give the defensive edge to Siakam. And OG, we know, is a defensive stopper. So that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Now, can you get scoring from OG? Can you get consistent scoring from OG? That will be a question. Uh, they threw this out during the broadcast. OG and Marc Gasol struggled this season versus the Celtics. Both of them combined only scored 9.5 points versus Celtics this season. You might think that that's a coincidence. 
It's not. The Boston Celtics clearly on offense decided that they're going to focus a lot of their attention on Kyle, Fred, and Pascal. That obviously leaves OG and Mark Gasol wide open. Can those guys hit the open shots? That's going to be huge because those shots are going to be there. Mark Gasol and OG Ananobi are going to get open shots. Those shots are going to be there all series long. They got to knock them down. And if they don't get knocked down, don't be surprised if you see a lot more fret or, or a lot more Norm and a lot more Serge Ibaka. But that's going to be huge because they're the, the Celts are going to want to focus most of their attention on stopping Siakam or slowing Kyle and slowing Freddie. So the other guys got to step up and be big and put in work. I'm so looking forward to this Siakam matchup against the Celtics. This is going to be huge because I have always said, you know, it's great to see the development of Pascal and he has big games. And I feel like when you look at the schedule as a Raptors fan, when you really, really watch this team play, you can look at certain certain games and be like, yeah, yeah, Pascal's going to have a big night this game, right? I'm not wrong on that. Would people agree with that? I think so. I think it's a thing where you, you look at the schedule and you can see certain nights and you say, yeah, no, no, no. Pascal, Pascal's going to go off tonight. You can just sense it. That's just what it's going to be. But there are other times where you look at the schedule and you're looking at what we like to call the big boy games and Pascal's numbers aren't exactly where you want them to be. The shooting percentage numbers aren't exactly where you want them to be, right? And if you go through the sked here and you look and you say, okay, well, Pascal... And, and it's tough too, because this is unfair. I don't even want to do that, because that's unfair. I was going to go through and pick out games that were big boy games and say the numbers that Pascal had, but I feel like that's unfair because that's literally like eight months ago, <laughs> right? Like how fair is how fair is it of me to say, oh, well, he went, he shot nine to 25 against the Lakers in November. It's not really fair. So I'm going to just say this much. I'm going to say, that this will be where Pascal Siakam is going to live up to his max money deal. That's what we're going to see right now. We talked about Fred and what bag is Freddie going to get this summer. This is a series where Freddie is going to tell Masai what that bag is going to be worth. And it's going to be interesting because it's not just about the Raptors, right? Because the Freddie thing is, is super, super interesting. Because there's a bunch of teams that could use a point guard. And if the numbers just get so outlandish, Masai might have to just bow out or make other moves to, to keep Fred. Because if that number gets above, a, like, a way past 20 mil a year, can the Raptors, how high can the Raps go for that? So it's gonna come up to a situation where Freddie's gonna show Masai exactly what that number is worth. So this is a series that I'm so excited to see what's going to happen. And I think it's going to go six or seven. And it's really a toss up, right? Like I could see it going either way. And I know that a lot of people, Raptors fans are super confident and I don't blame you for that. Be confident. Your, te you, your team has given you no reason to not be confident in the upcoming series. I would just say be prepared for a battle because this is going to be a very, very, very tough series. Uh, someone just sent me a text message and shout out to my peeps that hit me up in the text message while I'm doing the podcast because the schedule is out 
And game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals goes Thursday. Thursday is game one, the Raptors against the Celtics. I'm glad we got that in. I wasn't sure when that was going to happen, if we would find that out. But yes, Woe just said game one is Thursday, game two is Saturday, game three is Monday. And as you can tell, it's still every other day. That's how we're keeping it rolling. So today's what, Sunday? That gives Kyle four days to rest. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I've seen people throwing out numbers of what they'd pay Freddie. 25 a year is a lot. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Because the other thing about that, and there's going to be lots of time to talk about this. The higher you go at Freddie's number, the tougher it becomes to add another max player slot in a couple years when your man Giannis is available. I'm just going to leave that there. And as I've said throughout, Freddie is going to show Masai how much money that bag is going to be worth. I can't wait for this series. This series is going to be, this is, this is what, you know, I say I can't wait for it now. And I'm super excited until I remember last year's playoff run and how nerve wrecking some of those games were. <laughs> right. And, and maybe you guys are, are right there with me as well, because I saw a lot of people on Twitter or even in group chats I'm in just waving off this series like, ah, oh, the Nets are trash, get them out of here. And it's like, hey, remember, the playoffs aren't always like this. You might want to enjoy some of these wins because, you know, going into double OT in game three in Toronto down 0-2 to the Bucks, that was pretty nerve wracking, right? Fourth quarter of game seven against the Sixers, that was pretty nerve wracking, <laughs> The playoffs are tight. The playoffs are nerve-wracking. So if you can get blowout victories, take those and enjoy those. And that's what this first round series was because as I've been saying, business is about to pick up and it starts Thursday. So hopefully we will, I think I'll have time to do a, a full-on playoff preview of the second round. But for now, I think that was all right. You know, we just got some, some in, in terms of what's going on with the Raps and the Celtics as we look forward to that matchup. As I know everyone's fired up about that. So let's, let me get to some comments here because I see the chat is filled up with people. A lot of people in here. Uh, By Noir says Brooklyn is tougher than the Sixers. I mean, the Nets, if, if the Sixers had the heart that the Nets showed in this series, the Sixers might have won that series against the Celtics. I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Akim says, Lowry needs to be back, needs to be okay for the second round. Totally agree. The Celtics are a tough, tough matchup. And the key here for the Raps is everyone talks about, oh, well, you don't have Kawhi. So you don't have that consistent 25 to 30 that you know you can pencil in every night. So how people have looked at this Raptors team has said, oh, well, it can be an assortment of dudes any night that could give you that 25. It doesn't have to be the same guy every night, but it could be either one of Freddie, Kyle, Pascal, Norm, Serge, right? And while I tend to agree with that, that's a tough life to live in the playoffs. It's a very tough life to live in the playoffs, and it's very rare that a team succeeds long-term in the playoffs with this kind of scoring by committee type thing. I'm not saying that it can't be done. I'm just always here to be, to try to be the voice of reason. And do I hope the Raptors win? Of course. 
I do a Raptors podcast. I would like to be here for as long as possible talking about the Toronto Raptors winning playoff games. But I'm telling you, this is going to be tough. And they need Kyle Lowry to be Kyle Lowry on both ends of the floor. And give them two of those Kyle Lowry game six in Oakland type performances. They're going to need one or two of those for sure. K2's Garnett says, I think Fred Van Fleet can guard him good. I'm more concerned about Tatum, but I think missing Hayward is a huge key for us because they will have less size. Totally agree. Because with Hayward in the lineup, what that would have forced, that would have forced Kyle or Fred to have to guard either Hayward, Tatum, or Jalen Brown. And that's a tough matchup. Not that they, again, not that the Raptors can't do it. We know Kyle does a great job guarding bigger players. But that's a lot to ask for Kyle to do that and score night in, night out. Every other night, as games are going to be in this bubble, it's going to be a lot to ask. So huge break with there being no Gordon Hayward, but hopefully Kyle is healthy. Uh, More comments. Someone else says the Celtics and the Heat are a problem. It's true. I agree with that. I'm way more worried about the Celtics and then the Heat than I am about the Bucks. I don't know if I'm the only one on that wave, but that's just me. Alex says, no disrespect to the Nets, but that was a good warm-up series. Now it's time to lace them up for the Celtics. Now, Alex, I know because you are a Wrap It Up fan, and we referenced this a lot last year, time to lace them up is a reference, a throwback, should I say, to Kawhi Leonard saying the regular season is just 82 practices and the playoffs is when he laces them up. Hopefully that residue laid off or stays with the Toronto Raptors team heading into this upcoming season series as well. Uh, more comments here. I agree. Getting whooped by the Celtics was a good thing. It adds extra motivation. Okay. That's one way to look at it. One way to look at it for sure. Glow girl smile says Hayward was a facilitator for the Celtics. So it will be to our advantage with one less shooter to deal with. That's fair. I agree with that as well. The way that they played with this space and pace, right? Kemba is a point guard, but he's not really your prototypical point guard, right? He's more of the combo guard. He's more of a shoot first guard. Um, So Hayward was playing a lot of that role where they could run their offense through him. So it will be interesting to see, especially as mentioned against the Raptors top tier defense, how the Celtics offense lines up for sure. Uh, My guy C. Brown says, We seem to do okay chasing Steph around last year. It's a great point. It was maybe the the official coming out party to the world for Fred Van Fleet. Raptors fans knew, but the official coming out party for Fred Van Fleet to the world was probably the NBA Finals and the job that he did against Steph Curry. Seeb's good point there. My guy C. Brown, of course. Uh, Great comments here. Uh, Someone named Prince on Instagram says, Norman Powell will be the most important guy in that series. Norm will be huge. Norm has to give the Raptors a consistent 15 a night. I know that that might be sounding like a lot coming off the bench, but the Raps need, you're going to need to be able to pencil in consistent scoring from and you can't have no shows. So that's going to be huge. Can't wait to see how this plays out. But we've seen from Norm that he's been, We've seen more good Norm than we've seen bad Norm this season. And playoff Powell has consistently always been a thing. So, hey, maybe this is Norm's time. We might, You might see a situation where, especially if OG can't get it going, you see Norm get a lot more minutes than OG. 
you also might see there's so many possibilities with this series because the Raps could go super small and play Siakam to guard Thais and then roll out a lineup with OG, Fred, Norm, Kyle, and OG, right? And have those small guys and play without Surge or Mark. Or you could see them play with Surge and Mark and try to take advantage of the fact that Boston has no bigs. So Nick Nurse has a lot of tools he can play with, a lot of different ways he can go. And if we've seen so far from Nick Nurse, should I mention Coach of the Year Nick Nurse, huge shouts to that. If we've seen something from Nick Nurse, we know that when he, he has the ability to make great adjustments. So that should be key. Let me switch gears here and head into the Twitter feed here and get to some comments. Huge shouts to all the people here in Twitter. Um, 57 points of the 100 came from Surge and Norm. Yeah, that's massive. That's just huge output right there. And when you're getting that level of production, you're going to win a lot of games. I asked for picks. My guy, Skateboard G, checks in and says, Raps in seven. Uh, next comment after that says, Raps in seven as well. Logan says, it's if not a toss-up in seven. Yeah, I could see this going the distance for sure. And a lot of that will be based on the health of Kyle Lowry. Ooh, here's a tough, here's a tough comment here. From the we the real S Mello85 says, Pascal is giving me DeRozan vibes. <laughs> See, I'm not gonna do Pascal dirty like that. Because one, Pascal plays defense, which Damar DeRozan didn't really do. And that's a half of the game. Right? Like we take playing defense for granted sometimes, but I don't. I'm always very quick to remind people defense is 50% of the game. So even if Pascal is shooting poorly, he can still affect the game in other ways, which I don't think you could say the same for DeMar DeRozan in the playoffs, which is something that we saw more than one occasion where DeMar's shot wasn't falling and he wasn't doing anything else at all. Remember, it didn't end well with DeMar, right? But let's not talk about DeMar and don't want to be piling on DeMar here. Uh, more comments here from Twitter. As I keep going here, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Uh, we need more. We need OG more than anyone next series to step up. Only need 12 to 16 points per game, but all defensive play. I don't really know how much I need from OG offensively, right? Like I'm looking more, like to me, whatever offense you get from OG is a bonus. I need consistent scoring. Freddie, Pascal, Norm, got to give consistent buckets. You hope that your center position, think about it. If you follow the Wrap It Up pods, you know we talk about that all last year about the combo of your center position, meaning adding up the stats of Gasol and, and Surge and hoping that you're getting somewhere around, you know, 30 and 15. You take that, you're going to need that in this next series. And there could be games where this series is super ugly and it's grinded out possession by possession in the 90s, and you're going to need who's going to run half-court offense, who's going to get half-court buckets. That's going to be very, very key. Uh, someone says, if Freddie gets finals MVP, he's getting paid all right. Uh, I will just say there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of ball to be played before we get to finals MVP talk. <laughs> As I switch to Facebook, shout out to my guy, Brian Johnson. BJ, what's up, man? He just says, sweep, sweep, sweep. <laughs> <laughs> right? I can't stress this enough, Raptors fans. Be proud of the sweep. 
we've watched a lot of bad Raptors basketball if you've been a fan for a long time. So do not take these beatdowns for granted. Do not take sweeping a team out of the playoffs for granted. Heck, you didn't even do it last year with Kawhi, right? So enjoy this sweep for what it is. Enjoy putting up a 150 piece on a team in the playoffs. It's just incredible. Uh, another comment here, Gozi says, call me crazy, but as long as we don't mess up our chances at signing Antetokounmpo, sign whoever. Again, lots of lots of time to discuss getting Giannis, lots of time to discuss Freddie's bag, but just pay attention, and hopefully the hope is Fred can keep his same energy that he had in the Nets series. He keeps that going forward into the Celtics series. That will be a lot of fun. Uh, let me just say what's up and see what's going on to the people that are in the YouTube feed here. Because I try to, you know, get to comments everywhere, right? Because I appreciate all you guys tuning in. So, of course, I'll try to get to all the comments everywhere people are tuning into this podcast. Because it is new how we've decided to do it this year with the NBA Restart, right? Streaming live on Instagram. Streaming live on Facebook. Live on YouTube live on Twitter, and with the Facebook and YouTube, what that allows you to do is stream us on your TV, you can watch us on your phone, you can use your Chromecast, someone hit me up and said, shout out to the Roku, right, you can put us up on that, <laughs> uh, what's the other thing, Chromecast, tons of ways to consume the content, that is this Wrap It Up podcast, because your Toronto Raptors des deserve a post-game playoff show, and that's what we got, I mean, we're not only here for the playoffs, we're here for the whole season, but check us out for sure. We're here and this is your show. So that's why even though we end up going a little long here, I'm okay with it because I want to get the feeling. I want to hear how the fans are feeling right now as we head into this Celtic series. So as I head to the YouTube chat here, uh, let's see here. I head to the YouTube. Uh, Corey says on Mamba's birthday, the raps actually showed the Mamba mentality. Totally true. Uh, Catherine says, uh, says sweep, just simply sweep. Cool. Style says, I don't feel bad for the Nets at all. Next year, they immediately get a hundred times better with Katie and Kyrie. Take the beating while you can. Man, do I agree with that? That is very true. I definitely agree with that. That is a thing. Take that, take those beatings while you can. Cause yeah. Styles also says raps in six versus the Celtics. Oh, a play on words there. I see what you're doing there. I got you. I got you. Uh, another comment. Kawhi chose the wrong playoff P. Playoff Powell was in full effect. <laughs> can't argue with that one. Definitely can't argue with that. Uh, another comment. Boston's fans really started trash talking before we could even end the game. I mean, that's expected. If you're familiar with the Boston fan base, you know what they're about, right? Uh, our bigs, another comment, our bigs will be huge for us. That's our biggest advantage other than the depth. And I think the bigs will be even more important because here's the thing, right? In all reality, the reason why the bigs are important is because the Celtics don't have much inside. They don't. So if it does get slowed down, there's no rim protection, right? There's no rim protection. So everyone can drive to the butt, to the basket free will, but also Marcus Gasol, and we saw this last year in the finals, right? Because 
Golden State did the same thing where they kind of left Marc Gasol. And he kind of knew that. And you could tell right from the jump, the mentality was get busy. He's got to have that same mentality heading into this series as well. Because there's not, there, no one on the Celtics should be able to stop the Raptors big guys. They shouldn't. And you should expect to see a few more court cuts in this series as well. Because there's no rim protection, no shot blockers on the Celtics at all. Uh, what else do we got here? Uh, I'm bullish on the wraps. Andrew says I'm bullish on the wraps. Green didn't look sharp uh, versus the terrible 76ers. Wraps in five. Okay. Uh, let me see what else is going on. OG, Norm, Boucher, Abaka, Thomas, Van Fleet will eat this series. Lowry should rest until the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow, wow, wow. We got to slow down here with, with them talks. We got to slow down with them talks. That's that's a bit much. That's a bit much. No? I think we got to slow down with them talks. But anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate this, the Wrap It Up podcast. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Appreciate everyone tuning in because... This has been a big time series, a big time win for the Toronto Raptors as they win 150 to 122 over the Brooklyn Nets. Your Toronto Raptors getting their first sweep ever. Forever, ever, forever, ever. First sweep ever in franchise history. Your Toronto Raptors. So you got to give credit where credit is due for that because, hey, Raptors franchise. Raptors organization has come a long way. Sweeping teams in the playoffs? What? Not even worried about the opening game of the playoffs? What? You take that when you can, Raptors fans. So really appreciate that. Thank you guys for tuning in to this The Wrap It Up podcast because we do this live. After each and every Toronto Raptors game, we got you here live. You can stream with us live on Twitter live on instagram live on facebook and on youtube really appreciate you guys tuning in on this what we call the wrap it up podcast your only live and interactive toronto raptors post game show and just in case you're unable to get with us live we got you covered on the podcast which you can find if you like and subscribe on itunes on soundcloud on google play and on youtube Hit us with the subscribe button. Thank you very much for tuning in. And of course, remember, get your shirts. We still got the playoff shirts. If you're reading this, we still champs. We got them in black. We got them in white. We got you covered. Why? Because the Raptors are the defending champions of the NBA. And you got to give them credit where credit is due and support this team because they rep Toronto so well in terms of this NBA comeback. So again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And like I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.